the most lavishly funded police agency in the world and the director is the only guy in Washington who doesn't know uh, that Anthony Weiner is married to Humor Abedin. That's absolutely extraordinary. He's, he's, he, he, the, re the reason he sits on the, uh, the Anthony Weiner pedophile laptop for a month is that he did I had no idea she was married to Humor Abedin. Is this widely known? Is it in the papers? They were married by Bill Clinton. You're the FBI director. <laughs> you know. That's a good point. That's Mark Stein. What that might be that has to be the funniest thing that came out of the IG report that somehow Comey missed. I mean, he was following the election closely enough that he felt like Hillary was gonna win. I mean, well, that's how he made his various decisions, but he didn't know that Huma Abedin and, and Anthony Weiner were married. So well, she was a fundamental witness in the investigation, Huma Abedin. <laughs> and it never came up that she was <laughs> way, it might not come up. It might not come up in a meeting because you just assume that your boss knew that. Sure. Like you might be discussing uh, Congressman Anthony Weiner's laptop and he's thinking, I don't even know why we're talking about this. They're all just assuming we all know why this is important. You'd think somebody would have said married something. married to the most important advisor to the the candidate hey, in question. Comey, you seem to be staring out the window during every time we bring this up. Do you know that these two are... <laughs> do you know the dots that we're connecting? No? That's hilarious. I'm the thousand-yard stare here, Mr. Director. Uh, what's going on? That's kind of funny. Target is pulling Father's Day cards celebrating baby daddy. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, Target is selling baby daddy cards for Father's Day. Company officials taking heat for it. Shoppers say it's not a term of endearment. An UrbanDictionary.com uh, definition of the term is baby daddy refers to a man who is the father of a child who he did not marry. I'm a fan of any news story that goes to UrbanDictionary.com as right. one of its sources. Customers have taken to social media. Why would you ever do this? <laughs> and who cares? And who cares? To criticize Target, and so they've removed the cards. Well, the problem, Jack, was that it had two black people on the cover. Oh, it did? It made I a reference to Baby Daddy, and it had a black man and woman, even though the card made it explicitly clear that it was for a married husband and wife. And that that was a winking term of endearment. Sure, it would be funny for my wife to get me a card that calls me her baby daddy. Exactly, be, that was the intent funny. of the card. Yeah. But because everybody's outraged about everything these days, um, the, the fact that it was black people, oh, and the term baby daddy, that sounds racist to me. I just, oh my God. <laughs> I'm telling you. Did, did any of you ever like wake up in the morning and seek joy and happiness, humor, friendship, love, companionship? Uh, maybe the, uh, the 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 cavorting of puppies, the the sunrise, a uh, blooming rose, that sort of thing. Or do you, do you just spend all your time looking for reasons to be pissed off or to act like you're better than someone? Hey, can you go to um? Uh, give me the TV audio, Michael. Good Morning America has gone TMZ. You know what TMZ specializes in? Hanging out at the airport and catching celebrities they can shout questions at. Right. Well, apparently Good Morning America's got somebody there and got to shout some questions at James Comey at the airport as oh, he yes. just got off a plane. Yes. And he's got the, the very... The lanky lawman. He's got, How is the leg room? <laughs> he's got the very confident look he always has because he's certain that he's above it all. And, and by all, I mean all of us. Everyone, everyone, America, the founding fathers, God, and everyone. Exactly. He knows how to do it all. He's got his sunglasses on. He's got that cocksure smile on his face. And one of the reasons is he wrote a book and made seven million freaking dollars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Half 
having made, according to the IG, a series of horrible decisions that damaged the FBI for generations to come. (laughs) But he got rich off of it because he was briefly the darling of the Democrats and the liberal media because he was blasting Trump. I wish I could briefly be the darling of anything. Anyway, I want to see what questions they shout at him or, or what he says. Here we go. This Blasting is- fired FBI Director James Comey and his handling of the Clinton investigation, calling his conduct insubordinate. Comey at a Minnesota airport when the report was released, declining to comment, but later writing in the New York Look Times that he respectfully disagrees. Our Chief Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas nah, has more. They don't have any. They don't have the question. <laughs> S- sunglasses inside like he's at a Dubai nightclub. And a big smile on his face. That smile is the I wrote a book and made seven million dollars is what that <laughs> smile is. You can't you can't hurt me at this point. I don't I don't I don't blame him. Yeah. God, that is that is wild. You can't you can't remember how much the Republicans hated him or the Democrats hated him at various times. Oh, I know. It was hilarious. Well, and it's the perfect illustration of why you shouldn't put your hopes, dreams and faith in politicians. They're also wildly full of crap. If that isn't apparent to you at this point, I don't know how to help you. Do you remember it was just like a month ago Democrats were cheering Comey when he'd walk out on stage for all these talk shows? Like a rock star. Like a rock star. Now he's back to being hated again because he he clearly screwed Hillary on this whole deal. Well, and he kind of did. You know why? Because Loretta Lynch was so mind-bogglingly incompetent, entitled, and partisan that Comey looked at that and said, Nobody's going to believe a stinking thing we do if the Attorney General of the United States is involved in it. So I guess I have to step up and become the Attorney General, which showed a fair amount of hubris, and then arguably the decisions he made having assumed that responsibility were pretty bad. The Inspector General's report is pretty critical. But don't forget why he decided to appoint himself the interim AG. Because Loretta Lynch is the, the dope. Or just, well, she is a dope. It's not or. She's a dope and wildly partisan. Well, according to the IG, the the evidence for making those decisions was all in his own head. Mr. Comey has posited that he had no choice but to reveal to Congress that more Clinton emails had been found on Mr. Weiner's laptop, but the Inspector General said the choice was a false dichotomy and that the doors were actually labeled very clearly, follow policy practice or depart from policy practice. Yeah, I'm talking more about the earlier stuff with the big press conference and such, that late announcement. Um, yeah, that's that's always been a little iffy to me. He said he t- told Congress he'd closed it, so he felt like he ought to tell him he'd read opened it. Yeah, maybe. Arguably. But the IG disagrees, obviously. Um, The IG said that his own self-regard at times led him to disregard rules. Yes, he has. Tremendous self-regard. Yes, yes. Not lacking in confidence, the boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, good for him. Oh, boy. So, uh, let's see. we got about a minute. We could break on time for once in our lives. Um, I've got... uh, I've been looking for all sorts of different summaries of the 500-page IG report to make sure you get the right nuggets. Um, the one thing, you know, Trump's claiming that it exonerates him and proves uh, it doesn't exonerate or prove much um, about the Russia investigation. But as usual, Trump is spinning like a madman. Um, it does not look good, though, that the uh, the people involved were so wildly biased. Uh, the F- Here's some conclusions. This is from 538.com. Comey looks bad procedurally, but not legally. That's true, and that's bottom-lining it. But I think that 
I think the perception stuff is much more important than the legalities at this point anyway in terms of the American people and our institutions. The FBI looks bad politically, but not legally. Did you know that there were FBI agents that would say F whoever's the president on the day of their inauguration? I didn't. In writing. I wouldn't even think I wouldn't even think you'd hire somebody that would say it out loud, period. You, You don't need that kind of person. Yeah, I know people like that. They shouldn't be FBI agents. Uh, 538.com says the report doesn't mean much for the Russia probe, and that's what really matters now. It will reinforce perceptions, though, of bias. Of course. Um, well, that's we got a clip of Trey Gowdy talking about that. That's why bias is so insidious. No matter what happens from here on out with the Mueller report or whatever else, there's a lot of the country that won't believe it because they've seen the way some of these FBI agents talked or acted. Right. Oh, uh, let me ask you this. Maybe you're an anti-Trumpist. Uh, that's fine. We can still be friends. The idea that Trump fired Comey just to end the Russia investigation, are you still buying that? When the Inspector General's report says he's two kinds of egomaniac and three times, well, it's essentially, he's such an egomaniac, he doesn't follow any rules. Yeah, but you can't tell me he fired Comey because he he thought he was too, Comey was too unfair to Hillary. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which is no. what they have been saying. <laughs> no, no, indeed. No, I just think Trump began to get the idea that the guy was a loose cannon. He was out of control. I bet he's hard to take in a room, James Comey. I could believe that. Yeah, because he is he is as certain of him being above uh, above the puppet master of everything more than anybody I've ever seen in my life. I think Comey doesn't run the fan in the bathroom <laughs> because he doesn't think it's necessary. He leaves the door open. He's got a fan blowing it out because he's sure everybody would enjoy it. <laughs> There's no need to run the fan when I go. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. Is someone baking bread? Oh, no. That's my fecal matter. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yesterday was uh, Joe's wedding anniversary and Donald Trump's birthday. We'll always remember that those two go go together. Oh, yeah. Makes it all the more special. Joe got married on Trump's 40th birthday. Oh, boy. If you're going to try to remember any of them. Oh, look. There's a picture of 80s Donald Trump right there. Um, but so He's a handsome uh, young man. A number of the late night comics took a stab at Trump's birthday for uh, humorous purposes, in theory. Hmm. <laughs> Yes, it's a late-night joke-off in which I will grade their efforts at humor, and the bottom uh, grade-getter will be banned from comedy for life. Today is President Trump's 72nd birthday. It's his birthday! It's his birthday! True story, yeah. Trump spent a quiet evening with loved ones, then Melania stopped by. And, uh... Donald Trump was born 72 years ago today. And I just want to say, sir, I wish you a very... Birthday. Today is President Trump's 72nd birthday, and when she heard that, Melania disappeared again. 
I, I'm not sure in what sense some of those were jokes. I don't either. <laughs> Listen, I give Conan a C minus just because he's got that running gag about Melania hating him, and and so it, it was a D joke, but it's a running gag. But that those were terrible. Those were. those made me less alive. Those made me less joyful. I wish I'd never heard them. Damn them all. Makes me want to abandon the bit altogether. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And uh, it was interesting, though, in that the way that the crowds, you know, booed or groaned or whatever. And it gets back to that liberal columnist in the New York Times saying, if you want to get Trump reelected, this is the way to go about it with the Robert De Niro or whatever. Yeah. I mean, all the crowds, all uh, every crowd you ever see on TV, always the same direction. That's going to make people who don't like Donald Trump vote for Donald Trump. Well, yeah, and it gets back to the uh, liberals aren't as smart as they think column in the New York Times in which... um, Also written by a liberal. Right, exactly. His point was the smugness of it is so off-putting, you're not nearly as persuasive as you think you are. And, you know, those jokes and... And, and and Robert De Niro at the Tonys was just so incredibly smug. And like the FBI agents discussed in the IG report, it, it gave absolutely zero indication that you understand at all why people would vote for Donald Trump, who I find obnoxious. I've said it a thousand times, but I completely get why people voted for him. 100%. So where did this lady think her husband was this 11 months in this story, Sean? I don't know. I don't get that either. So a woman had her husband cremated. He uh, he died and drowned. It was in a river. They pulled the body from the river. Sorry to hear cremated. That. It was a Tragedy. terrible story. And then 11 months later, he, he shows up, knocks on the door. Hey. Mm. Well, number one, you got to uh, fire the, the cremators because they're not good at their jobs. Well, uh, at the very least, you need to start a new religion. Or there's, there's, a, there's a similar story like this that's a very popular. A, a different fellow, perhaps. Uh, no, it's her husband. They uh, they cremated the wrong person. Oh. Well, they cremated a different person. She thought oh. was her husband. But where oh. did where was he though? I went to the store <laughs> down river. Apparently, <laughs> they don't uh, make that clear in this story. It was up S Creek without a paddle. <laughs> I guess. Uh, let's see. What do we want? <laughs> Sorry, do? honey. No cell reception. I'm back yeah. now, though. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Eleven month. That's dang near a year. You realize. Uh, Marshall in his news, we've got to play that clip um, from, uh, I almost said Summer Sanders, that's the gold medal swimmer, Sarah Sanders, who's the White House uh, spokesman. She got into it with a couple of reporters yesterday on um, a couple of hot topics, and it's very fiery, and we'll have that in Marshall's news. Yeah. Hey, so listen, I dialed up that column from the WAPO that, that we briefly mentioned, and I think it's uh, it's written so well by David Von Drell. God, I wish that was my name. Yeah, I know. David Von anything. How hard is it to get a Vaughn added to your name? Just oh. do it. Go down and see the judge. It's like 100 bucks. Yeah. Uh, Sean Vaughn Thomas. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> well, I, w- I wouldn't go with Thomas. That sounds kind of dumb. How dare you, sir? Heinrich Von Stuckelberg. Something like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. So uh, the problem with Robert De Niro's two-word dismissal of the United States, an F-bomb plus the president's last name, was its pure, unadulterated tribalism. There was no effort to persuade or win over. The raging bull unleashed his raging id to divide his audience into us against them. Normally, he writes, the dropping of an F-bomb by one New Yorker on another would be about as newsworthy as hot sauce in a Texas diner. Doubly true when the bomber is De Niro, etc., etc. But there are a couple of reasons to pause over the percussive put-down. 
The fact is that De Niro and his applauding audience may be overestimating the size and appeal of their tribe, a highly relevant matter if the goal is to defeat him. Sure. In an earlier column, I pointed to the trend of the president's rising approval ratings as evidence of his political durability. Um, today, I'll take the path of anecdotal evidence. Three friends, non-journalists. All of them are astute and po- informed politically. None, I'd venture, owns a MAGA cap. The first has been baffled and unsettled by Donald Trump's radicalism. Yet what worries this person now is the president's utter dominance of public discourse. There's nothing but Trump, his acolytes, and cacophony of redundant criticism. Persuadable independents, my friend fears, are tuning out. I think that's probably true. The second anecdote comes from a person who strikes me as more favorably disposed towards Trump's unorthodoxy, yet deeply distressed by his bad manners. That might be me. That'd be more like me. Um, plus, he just he has to lie all the time, even when he's right. It makes me crazy. It's like the Korean War vets. The parents of Korean War vets are begging me to bring the bodies home. Those people would be 140 years old. Anyway, <laughs> this friend fretted that the president's critics have lost their own sense of decorum. At West Point, we were taught to respect the office if we were unable to respect the person he observed. Uh, the third involves a friend who flatly says, I hate Trump yet adds that his TV is no longer set to MSNBC. They're just so biased and slanted, it's become painful to watch. There you go. That's interesting. It's like the whole Saturday Night Live thing, where they finally had to admit there at the end of the year, that yeah, enough already. Yeah. yeah. Ha! That, that's pretty interesting stuff. Do you believe... I've been wondering this a lot as I read um, uh, political stuff. Can, can people can you change people's minds with a good argument? How often? I know you can, but how often does that happen? Well, our Carly, our colleague Mike Slater wrote a brief and uh, interesting book on that: how to change people's minds. I think. But how often it. do you think it happens where somebody gives a speech, writes a book, whatever, and you change somebody's mind on an issue? Very rarely. And the more tribal we become, the more difficult it is. And that's you know one of the columns that these column one of the points rather that these columnists are trying to make is that if you go with the mindless hateful tribal argument only all you're going to do is solidify trump's support but my my reply to that is how often can you change anybody's mind through logic or facts how often does that happen some not very often no 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 how often enough enough to try enough that it matters to try well, the, 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 the idea of a democracy is built on the fact that you can do that. I yeah. mean, you better be able to do that. That's, mm-hmm. that's the whole point of elections and debates and, and, and columns and, you know, these gazillions of words that are written in various long magazines and stuff like that. But I just, it just seems to me we mostly take in stuff that we agree with. Or read stuff we don't agree with just so we can get mad about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, right. I don't well, I'll tell you this, and this is uh, political science stuff, not my opinion. Um, in, in making the move from more elitism to more uh, populist politics, more democracy, we've traded more corruption and uh, for more dumbing down. We're now lowest common denominator politics, where it used to be the smoke-filled rooms, the decision-makers, etc. That was highly flawed. I'm not saying it was good, but it was bad in a different way, and we've traded one for the other. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump taking a victory lap after the release of the IG's report of the FBI investigation of Hillary Clinton and the wild Sarah Sanders press briefing, Fire and Fury. And frankly, power. I've only read about it. I haven't heard it. It's coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Take the kids to see The Incredibles 2 this weekend. It's the hot movie. It's 
kind of fun to see those in the raucous environment of when one of these movies comes out. Sure, everybody laughing and cheering and the rest of it. Right. That's Feels fabulous. like an event. Yeah. Only costs about $60. <laughs> if the popcorn is $20, costs them a cent. You know, uh, on a less cheery note, I can't wait to unleash my real estate scams with Joe Getty <laughs> story. <laughs> And I may name names. Oh boy! Oh, well, yeah, they're fine. yeah. I'm really catching on to the scams now, and mm. and how they screw you. And it, here's a little hint: the phantom drip in a fixture finds its way on a report, and we, you know, we can't approve it. You can't get your loan unless you clear this stuff. I'm standing here right now with the faucet. I can't make it drip. <laughs> Total effing scam. Really? That oh, sounds yeah. like a scam. Yeah, we'll fix it for you for 300 bucks. No. Well, how about I find somebody who'll fix it for me for 80 bucks, even though I can't get it fixed? Well, then we'll probably come back and find new stuff and just F you. Were they hoping you wouldn't even check to see if it was dripping? Yeah, they just say, all right, they hope homeowners, in the midst of all the money flying around and being really busy, will say, okay, you found all this stuff. Can you guys fix all this? Oh, yeah, we can do that for you. It's X thousand dollars. Happens to be way over market. Sure. Well, I and know. then if I've... you say no, thank you, I'll find somebody to do it for a lot less. Then, oh, then they got their hackles up. It's I know, unbelievable. I've, I've paid way over what it should cost to, to get a house closed before. You're down to that last day or whatever. Oh yeah. There's they... a lot of money on the line, and what's the difference between a hundred and three hundred dollars on this? And and listen, what's funny is because you know we, we we've sold two houses recently. We move a lot. We keep getting run out of neighborhoods, yeah. <laughs> but both times. Both times, the phantom drip was mm. used. Mm. Both times. So that's a new thing, and, huh? Right. And, and, you know, when you sell a house uh, once every 11, 12, 15, 20 years, yeah. you don't remember. No, no. It doesn't stick it. in your mind. But having done it now a couple of months apart, it's like, oh, I get it now. And listen, you people, you do you realize, do you realize who I'm talking about? Because you're a pretty well-known company. Do not F with me. I would not buy a house because a faucet's dripping anyway. Well, yeah, it has to do with, you know, there are uh, so-called pest reports. You can't have termites. It can't be termite infested because the bank is not going to lend you money for a house that's about to fall down because there will be no collateral in a pile of rubble. I get that completely. But then the inspectors who are employed to make sure it's not uh, ridden with with, uh, termites, etc., there's all sorts of stuff they can report on. Sure. And and a, you're telling me a dripping faucet somehow needs to be dealt with so the bank doesn't lose its collateral? Explain that to me. <laughs> and explain it if I, the homeowner, am standing there and for 10 minutes I try to make it drip and I can't. You explain to me how your inspector have has a dripping faucet in that report. Well, keep your eye out for that one. Cheating MFers. <laughs> Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. There's a drip right now. We're listening to the drip. Joe's got the drip if you just tuned in. Uh, News with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is contradicting internal findings by the Justice Department that former FBI Director James Comey's handling of the Hillary Clinton email probe was not politically motivated. Trump insisting the FBI was biased at the top levels and plotting against my election. But he did go on to add. The IG report totally exonerates. I mean, if you look at the results and if you look at the the head investigator is saying we have to stop Trump from becoming president. Well, Trump became president. We have the best economy today we've ever had. 
Trump also going on to say the inspector general's report totally discredits Robert Mueller's investigation. I did nothing wrong. There was no collusion. There was no obstruction. The IG report yesterday went a long way to show that. The uh, in- inspector... It, it- it didn't. It, it hinted that there is bias in the FBI, yes. and it's troubling. It didn't disprove anything. Trump is exaggerating, as always. On the other hand, there's a common shot at Trump that I'm going to completely explode because we keep getting emails about it, and I'm tired of it. Maybe in the next segment. Right? I don't think there was bias with James Comey. Uh, his bias is toward his self-aggrandizement. And it mostly hurt Hillary. Yeah. Now, the FBI agents beneath him, yeah. I think they definitely had some bias. You can't prove it. Well, 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 I don't think. I know. They stated it in, in texts. Right. If you say F Trump or not one person should vote for this a-hole or they're all pieces of ass. Or we will stop him from getting <laughs> yeah, elected, think, for God's sake. I think yeah. you know where yeah. they where they lean. And and this is Peter Strzok, who was in charge of the Hillary invest, investigation and in charge of the Trump investigation. Uh, until he was fired for being so clearly biased. So, yeah, there's plenty of trouble and stuff there. White House media briefings often get somewhat contentious, but Thursdays got personal when reporters started asking Sarah Sanders about Attorney General Jeff Sessions' attempt to use the Bible to justify the Trump administration's immigration policies. I would cite you to the Apostle Paul and his clear and wise command in Romans uh, 13 to obey the laws of the government because God has ordained, ordained the government for his purposes. Well, at that briefing. What? The at, Bible! At that briefing. Why, why, why did he do that? Because he wanted to scare me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. You know, I'm a... I'm pro-religion, but there's no need to say that. I'm over Jeff Sessions. I well, really what was am. that? Yes. Little elf. No, obey the laws because that's what this country's built upon. Yes. Wow. At that briefing, reporter Jim Acosta challenged Sanders about using the Bible to back up the administration's toughening of immigration enforcement. Uh, it is very biblical to enforce the law. Uh, oh my that God! Is are we discussing this? A number of times throughout the Bible. Well, However, Bible this. Uh, hold on, Jim. If you'll let me finish. Uh, again, I'm not going to comment on the attorney-specific comments that I haven't seen. That's not what I said, and I, I know it's hard for you to understand. Um, even short sentences, I guess. But the separation of illegal fam- alien families is the product forcing them. Policy to take children away from their parents. Uh, can it's you imagine a moral the policy that to follow and enforce the law. When they come across the border, Jim, they're with their parents, and then suddenly they're pulled away from their parents. Why is the government doing this? Because it's the law, and that's what the law states. Another reporter. They see on the first part of it about the Bible stuff. I'm on Jim Acosta's side for the first time ever the hell you talking about on the second part of it what the f are you talking about jim it's the law you want the law changed write your congressman it was the law under obama and he did it too after that exchange another reporter shouted come on sarah you're a parent don't you have any empathy for what these people are going that's a ridiculous argument guys settle down Seriously. I'm trying to be serious, but I'm not going to have you, you yell out of turn. Jill, please call. It's a law, and, and they have, th- these people have nothing. They hey, Ryan, I know you want to get some more TV it's time, but that's that, not what this is about. about if I want to recognize you. That's a ridiculous argument. You're a parent. You know what you do as a parent? You don't try to get into some country with your kid where you might end up separated from your kid. That's a terrible thing to do as a parent. Yeah, I am so sick of the idea that if something is tough, then it must not be right. Or if something makes you feel bad, well, we can't do it. By the that's, way, that's, and, that's childish. And getting back to the fact that it's the law. It's the law. That's what the law is. 
if if the Democrats didn't like it when they controlled the House, the Senate, and the presidency, they could have changed it. But they didn't. And the Republicans haven't either. It's the law. Write your congressman if you'd like it to be a different law. On a lighter note, Ellen DeGeneres has taken her comedy on the road this summer. It's going to be her first live stand-up in 15 years. Ellen's a funny woman. She's going to do eight shows. The shows now, is it going gonna... to be all Trump? So, who was it? Kathy Griffin blasted little black guy. Funny. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, uh, who's hilarious. Kathy Griffin called him the P-word for not, for not doing any jokes about Trump. I would say I would say he's a comedian who wants to do observations that everyone can relate to and not have to be on one side of uh, you know the aisle or not. Choosing not to do political humor doesn't make you a pussy, right? That's an idiotic. God, I'm so tired. Uh, that's right. it. I'm Kev- retired. And Kevin Hart's a, and Kevin Hart's a gazillionaire by following yeah. that. Um, and hilarious and, and talented. Yeah. And, and I hope Ellen does the same thing because she's. One of my favorite all-time stand-ups. But she might... If it goes super political, eh, it's not going to be as much fun for her. Of course, Kathy Griffin is desperate for publicity. She probably said that just to get in the headlines. And look what you've done. (laughs) Ellen's shows are going to take place in San Diego, San Francisco, and Seattle in August. She's going to do eight. All our markets. We can follow her around. Yep. Indeed. You can call it the Armstrong and Getty Tour. I'll open for her. Hey, how about those uh, airplane meals? Uh, They're they're terrible. Very observational. It's it's a rough... uh, I'm just getting started. There you go. That's a wrap. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. God dang it. That Jeff Sessions, the Bible says we should follow the laws. What the, what the hell is that? <laughs> that's the most scary thing I've heard a politician say. That's Yeah, that's out there. The, the founding fathers would have hated that. Yeah, it's so lacking in context. The history of using that Bible verse to justify stuff is untoward. And it's just, just stop it. Wow. wow. I, don't, I can't take this for two more years. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half more years. Call it six and a half more years, my friend. Oops, please. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, again, love the policies, but uh, I'm over Jeff Sessions. So, twice a day, honest to God, twice a day, I hear this justification for Trump is guilty of uh, obstruction of justice. Okay. Just got a, a, an angry email about it. I'm going to shut you up next. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, we got Tim the Lawyer coming on next hour, which is always fun. Good thing to do on a Friday. Cool. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Speaking of concerts, i got to figure out where Jason Aldean's coming and take my son. That might be his first concert ever. Oh, Maybe that'd be summer. exciting. Yeah. Good for you. He'd like that. So, listen, got this note from Matt, uh, and I only bring it up because I hear it once, twice a day on the cable news and or in emails. Joe, come on, man. You're saying, do you really still believe Trump fired Comey be- all right, there's a word missing there. Because of the Russia investigation. Yes, of course I do. Trump said it himself to Lester Holt. It's not speculation. He confessed. Michael, I'm going to play some audio here. Um, the, uh, the narrative that Trump confessed, that's why he fired Comey to Lester Holt. 
I would point out, number one, Trump says all sorts of crap that lefties do not take seriously, but you take this part seriously. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to play the clip everybody plays first. And in fact, when I decided to just do it, I said to myself, I said, you know, this Russia thing with Trump and Russia is a made-up story. It's an excuse by the Democrats for having lost an election. Okay, so they always play that. Um, uh, Trump confessed. All right, here now is the context. Listen to it and tell me why Trump fired Comey and what he was talking about in reference to the Russia thing. Look, he's a showboat. He's a grandstander. The FBI has been in turmoil. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. You take a look at the FBI a year ago. It was in virtual turmoil less than a year ago. It hasn't recovered from that. Monday, you met with the Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein. Right. Did you ask for a recommendation? Uh, What I did is I was going to fire Comey. My decision. It was not... You had made the decision before they came uh, in the I I was going to fire Comey. Uh, There's no good time to do it, by the way. Uh, Because in your letter, you said I I accepted accepted their recommendations. You had already made the decision. uh, Oh, I was going to fire regardless of recommendations. So there was room. He made a recommendation. He's highly respected. Very good guy, very smart guy. Uh, the Democrats like him, the Republicans like him. Uh, he made a recommendation, but regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey, knowing there was no good time to do it. And in fact, when I decided to just do it, I said to myself, I said, you know, this Russia thing with Trump and Russia is a made up story, it's an excuse by the Democrats for having lost an election that they should have won. And the reason they should have won it is the Electoral College is almost impossible for a Republican to win. Very hard. Because you start off at such a disadvantage. So everybody was thinking they should have won the election. This was an excuse for having lost an election. Are you angry angry with Mr. Comey because of his Russia investigation? I just want somebody that's competent. I am a big fan of the FBI. I love the FBI. Were you a fan of him him taking up that investigation? I think that about the Hillary Clinton investigation? No, about about the Russian investigation. Here's the key point. Possible links between... Look, let me tell you. As far as I'm concerned, I want that thing to be absolutely done properly. When I did this now, I said, I probably, maybe, will confuse people. Maybe I'll expand that, you know, I'll lengthen the time because it should be over with. It should, in my opinion, should have been over with a long time ago because all it is is an excuse. But I said to myself, I might even lengthen out the investigation, but I have to do the right thing for the American people. He's the wrong man for that position. Let me ask. All right. Does that sound to you like a confession? He fired him over the Russian thing. He said, I knew when I fired him, this will probably prolong the Russia thing because essentially we've got to get a new guy in there. But I got to fire the guy. That is nothing like MSNBC characterizes it. His sentence, and I wish I had the transcript in front of me, was, you know, when I was I was thinking the Russia thing, he never finishes the sentence as he always doesn't. And then he explains he fired Comey in spite of the fact that it would prolong the Russia investigation. You're just wrong. And I think Trump's three kinds of a nut. But you forced me, and this is what that column in the WAPO was talking about and the column in the New York Times. You have forced me into defending Trump because you are so completely unfair and one-sided. There's no confession there, Matt. 
The New York Times assessment of the IG report was that it underscores the longstanding critique that Comey has an outsized belief in his own abilities and ethics. <laughs> That's some fancy words. It means he's too big for his britches. He thinks he's above everyone. Uh, Jesus, I've looked at the Sermon on the Mount. I have a few edits. Interesting personality. Well, it's brought him to great heights. Uh, No doubt. Uh, Trump uh, tweeted uh, a little bit ago that uh, first that Comey should be criminally charged. That ain't going to happen. I don't I don't see anything there. Uh, I think he's just wrong. And then he will go down as the worst FBI director in history. No, no, that's not true either. But the president, but the second worst. You think? Well, that's really the FBI has only been around for, you know, a handful of directors. Most of it was Hoover. Right. Um, Who was uh, tough to defend. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Comey, Comey wasn't doing anybody any favors. You know, also part of that, there's interview excerpts flipping around, uh, going around. You can find if you want where Comey said if he had seen those texts from Strzok and his girlfriend, he'd have pulled them off the investigation right away. Why? Yeah, why? Because it shows they're probably too biased to be involved in the investigation. Yet the IG report says no evidence of bias. Okay, well, the FBI director would have pulled them off if he had seen them. And everybody has admitted, yeah, those are incredibly troubling texts. In what way? Why are you troubled by them? Yeah. Because they're what? We will get to Trey Gowdy's assessment of the IG report a little bit later, but we're going to talk to Tim the lawyer first, which we always enjoy doing. Yep. Won a big First Amendment case. Well, somebody did. Friends of his did. The people won. Has an effect on what T-shirts I can wear on Election Day, right? Which is very important to me. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.